This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is the 237th episode of the podcast, which is a lot of episodes. But this one, we're going to be talking about something that we haven't talked about uh, in the previous 236, at least at length we haven't. We're going to be talking about getting into bamboo fly rods and why you might want to do this, even if you don't have a couple thousand dollars to spend, how this is still something that you can do. Uh, But before I get to that, because we are only a few episodes away from the 240th episode of the podcast... I would want to encourage you, if you had any questions, if you had any comments, if you had any accusations, please send them my way, matthew at castingacross.com. If I had said something in recent podcast episodes that you thought was worth interacting with, I'd love to hear it. And then on the 240th episode, what I always do is take three or four emails, social media comments, direct messages, and interact with those on the air. Of course, if you prefer not to have it be on the air, make sure you say that. I've had a couple of those also, and thankfully I haven't uh, aired anyone's uh, dirty laundry on the podcast yet, but there's there's still time to make that mistake. So like I said, bamboo fly rods. Now, when you think of traditional fly fishing, what do you see? You see the tweed jacket, and you see the wicker creel, and you see the uh, click Paul reel and the bamboo fly rod casting dry flies um, that someone has plucked right off of their hat brim and tied on and they've caught a rising trout. I mean, that, that's the picture book, Norman Walkwell uh, fly fishing uh, imagery, right? Well, yes, that's definitely what bamboo rods were used for. Uh, there was a time where bamboo was really your only choice. Bamboo or cherry wood or some other uh, type of natural material like that, uh, back before fiberglass and certainly before graphite came in and became the predominant material that is used in fly fishing. But just like many other things in this world, um, just because something is an older technology doesn't mean it is an obsolete technology. Uh, Now, bamboo is a more complicated 
uh, material to work with uh, in the sense that it has to be cultivated and then it has to be processed in a very particular way to use it unlike graphite, which does require quite a bit of refinement. Uh, you don't see a lot of people uh, creating graphite sheets and rolling them in their basement. You actually see more people um, making uh, bamboo rod blanks than uh, graphite rod blanks, but you're able to produce the quantity of materials um, to make graphite fly rods on a large scale in a factory and, and much simpler than you can make uh, bamboo fly rods. So um, the, that, that's the predominant difference between the two. Now there's differences in action, differences in weight, and all of those things. But uh, all that to say, uh, bamboo is still a very viable uh, fly rod material to utilize and a very good rod to fish. Now, we'll get into a couple different aspects of this. I am not a bamboo fly rod expert. There's three or four people that I know I could talk to to get all of the information in the world on fishing bamboo fly rods. And in fact, there's articles out there that are addressing this exact same topic. And I have a harebrained idea to write one of those articles myself and talk to one of these experts uh, on, on bamboo fly rods. But what I wanted to really focus on today is the fact that you don't need to shell out thousands of dollars to get a bamboo fly rod. So for a lot of people, I assume they've had the same situations as me. What are the bamboo fly rod that you're exposed to? So I think there's probably two main bamboo fly rod exposures that you may have had. The first one is as you're flipping through a catalog, uh, you run across the page, the beautiful, always well done pages in the Orvis catalog that advertise the Orvis fly rods, which go between like $25 and $3,500. Um, awesome rods, the stores that carry them, you know, they let you touch them, they don't have them behind glass. They're great fly rods and they're made by hand in Manchester, New Hampshire. They are great fly rods, um, but they do carry a great price tag. Um, and a lot of fly rods that don't have the Orvis name behind it carry a similar price tag. So this is what makes folks feel like bamboo is cost prohibitive. I'm not going to spend $1,000, let alone $2,500 on a fly rod, even if it does come with a spare tip. Okay, so that's one area of exposure. And that is a part. It's a legitimate part. It's a significant part of the bamboo fly rod world, but it is only a part. The other exposure that you have that I have also is maybe grandpa's bamboo fly rod. Now, maybe grandpa has an Orvis or grandpa has an old Payne or grandpa has an old Thomas and Thomas or grandpa has an old Leonard or something like that, which would be fantastic and good for you and good for grandpa for keeping it in good shape and leaving it to you. But there's also a good chance that grandpa has a five and dime you know, Sears and Roebuck um, uh, fly rod. That's a bamboo fly rod. Uh, I have a handful of these. I think a couple of them came from my grandpa and then my wife's grandpa had a couple of them. And so I've got, I think, four of them, three of them that are still functional, one that uh, was in really rough shape. So I've actually stripped it down and have designs on um, putting new hardware and new handle and real seat on it one day, but that's a, a one day project. But the three that are still uh, functional, they're fine. Now, are they as smooth as the uh, antique uh, Orvis rod? No. Are they as smooth as the contemporary uh, Orvis rod or another rod by another maker? No. Uh, are they heavy? Are most of them? Most of them, I think, are actually built for like a six, seven weight. So they're relatively heavy. They're kind of beefy fly rods. They, um, they definitely are not smooth and they are not delicate. 
they, they feel almost more like a saltwater rod than they do a freshwater rod, even though they were designed to be used for trout and for um, other uh, freshwater species. But they're completely legitimate fly rods, and they are the bamboo that a lot of people have been exposed to. So I want to say straight up that both these options are great. If you have the money to spend, then by all means, go buy a brand new uh, bamboo fly rod from one of the major fly rod manufacturers. If you find something in grandpa's attic, fish with it. It is a perfectly serviceable fishing tool. And you'll, you'll be surprised at how a, what, what feels like a cumbersome and maybe even a quote unquote slow, uh, rod does once you put line on it, um, that the rod wiggle, which I think we've all done. We've gone to a fly shop. We've grabbed a rod off the rack. We wiggled it as if we are imitating something that we are doing on the stream. When in fact, just wiggling a fly rod devoid of any line running through its guides and out of its tip is about the most nonsensical thing you could do when making comparative choices regarding purchasing a fly rod. But it's about the same thing when you grab a big, heavy, uh, old bamboo rod. If you just wiggle it around, it is going to feel uh, heavy and it is going to feel slow. But put on the appropriate line and maybe even underline it a smidge um, for some of these rods that have designations, usually letter designations that correspond to something like a seven weight. Throw a high quality six weight line on there and give it a cast. You don't need to find a reel that looks like it matches. You don't need to find an old Fluger medalist. Uh, but if you had one, that's great. You can put on your big fancy new trout reel with a good six weight line and see how that rod casts. And you might be surprised at how that rod actually functions. But you can hop online, and I did today. I spent some time looking around. You can get online and find a bamboo fly rod, a uh, custom-made bamboo fly rod, for in the mid $400 to $600 range. Uh, is this going to be the best fly rod you can buy? Absolutely not. But I know that you can get some incredibly good custom fly rods for between $900 and $1,200. Uh, in fact, I think my rod, which I probably got 15 years ago custom made, I think it was only about $1,400, but it was cream of the crop um, uh, fly rod at the time from a, a local manufacturer. Now, uh, you can get on and find used fly rods in the two to $500 range. So you're really talking about a similar price point to a mid-priced graphite fly rod. And you can find them from those reputable manufacturers. They might have a couple of um, you know, cosmetic issues because they are an older fly rod, or it might be from a brand you've never heard of because there are lots of local guys who are out there making lots of fly rods. And just like with graphite or just like with fiberglass, people will use them and then they will consign them in a fly shop or they will sell them online. And they're going to be selling them at 30% of what they paid for it. So if they're selling a 50 15, 20 year old locally made bamboo fly rod that they spent a thousand dollars on, then it's not unreasonable that you're going to pay three to $500 for that rod. And it's still a great rod. So those are kind of three choices. You either buy it brand new, spending a lot of money. You buy something secondhand that is probably worth a good amount of money, but it's, it's of course, you're not going to get the same amount of money that you, you put into it. So you're going to be able to good, good deal if you're getting it secondhand. Or you're going to find that five and dime uh, rod that really, you know, there's there's a thousand of them out there um, in every, uh, you know, um, antique uh, store and fly shop and things like that. So you're, you're not going to be in the best thing in the world, but you're going to be getting an opportunity to fish bamboo and kind of put your toe in, which a lot of our grandparents, if you're in my generation or parents, if you're a little older than me. 
um, that's how they probably had their first introduction to fly fishing, uh, specifically fishing with a, a bamboo rod, because that was their only option at the time, with the exception of a few kind of aberrant materials. But why would you want to do this? I've talked really at this point, why would you want to spend money, whether it be, you know, 50 bucks or $5,000 on a bamboo fly rod? Why would you want to do this? Well, I have a few reasons why I like fishing bamboo. Uh, first and foremost, it is just another way to fish. Uh, there are, in my, in my arsenal, I have graphite, fiberglass, and bamboo four weights. And I will hold all of them in my hands and I will say, how do I want to fish today? And I make a judgment call. Sometimes it's very pragmatic. I have to make this type of cast. I have to make this type of presentation. I have to fit in this kind of space. And so this is the route I'm going to go with. And usually if I'm having to make those pragmatic choices, I end up in graphite. But if I have more space and I have more flexibility and I have more options in my presentations, then I am going to usually go with the fiberglass or even the bamboo. Um, and so I, it gives you those choices. Now, you can fish an incredibly slow fiberglass or an incredibly slow uh, graphite rod, and it's going to give you a similar sensation to fishing bamboo. So it's not a cut and dry thing. But more often than not, especially with older rods and even with contemporary rods, you're going to find a much slower stroke. Now, this does a few things for you. This allows you to slow down as you fish. I know a lot of people who fish bamboo remark on how they enjoy how it slows them down. You're not generating super fast, quick line speed so that the cast is really more of an athletic motion than it is a kind of choreographed smooth motion. Uh, the, the, the idea that uh, people like to feel their fly line in the air. Uh, you don't get that on a 25 foot cast with a fast or medium fast action graphite rod. You do get that when you're fishing bamboo. And consequently, it's easier to make delicate presentations. So it is would be inappropriate to say that a bamboo fly rod is going to give you a better dry fly presentation on glassy water because there are a lot of exceptional graphite carbon fiber rods that can accomplish that. But if you like doing that with very minimal work, if you like making those very delicate, long dry fly presentations, a bamboo rod will do that and it will do that well. So uh, the, the functionality is one of the reasons of it. And then you kind of have the, the sensation or the experiential aspect of it uh, that kind of goes hand in hand. It does slow you down. It is an incredibly sensitive material. Um, it is a sensitive material not only for detecting strikes, but it's also a sensitive material in how it reacts to you. Um, it flexes if it's made well, if it's by somebody who knows how to taper and plane um, or bamboo well, then it is going to respond well to your movements and you're going to be able to feel that rod flex in various points in the cast in ways that I think in, 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 uh, exceed a lot of my carbon fiber rods. And that's certainly true with my well-made uh, custom-made, more contemporary bamboo fly rods. Um, not so much in those five and dime, you know, seven and a half foot, seven weights. Uh, although you, you do get a uh, really good feel with those in the cast. So you have the uh, experiential aspect of it. Uh, you have the sensational aspect of it, but then you also have the historical aspect of it. And this is something that I don't think that we should poo-poo just because it doesn't necessarily translate into more fish. So um, using grandpa's rod versus using the rod you bought yesterday, 
probably doesn't have a great effect on how many fish you catch. In fact, if you use a more contemporary rod that allows for faster line speed, it's lighter in your hand, there's a very good chance that it will outproduce over a longer sample size than something that is more archaic and maybe is a little bit more cumbersome, a little bit more tiring on you, and you're going to start to lose your, um, your edge as you use it over the course of the day. But we're not in this just to catch fish. We're not in this just to catch the most fish or the biggest fish. Now, there may be times in our life when that's what we want, but if you are willing to go out and find a old fly rod, get online and pour through pages and pages of eBay or Etsy or your um, local message boards and trying to find a bamboo fly rod that was made locally, that fits the kind of fishing that you want to do, there's a good chance that you are in it for more than just catching volume or quantity or quality of fish. So the quality of using a bamboo fly rod is kind of tethering yourself to the people that have fished before you, tethering yourself maybe even to grandpa or dad or great grandpa or your uncle and using that junky five and dime fly rod that is really cumbersome to cast. But you know what? It gets that bass popper out there just fine. And when that fish hits, that rod doubles over and is a lot of fun to fight a fish with. That is a reason to fish bamboo. So are there more reasons? Absolutely. Um, is it fun to sit and hold that rod in your hand and look at it and check out how it's, it's hexagonal shape, you know, refracts sunlight in different ways and how it's just a different sensation to fish bamboo compared to fishing graphite or even fiberglass? Of course, but each has its virtue. Each has its place. And if you have the means, if you have the space, if the kind of fishing that you do allows for it, then there's no reason why every material should not be in your quiver. You should find opportunity to fish every one of them. Um, another great thing about, and I guess it kind of touches into this, the experiential as well as the, um, the, the historical aspect of fishing bamboo. Um, because there are a lot of guys who don't just make bamboo fly rods and just have them sit on a shelf somewhere, because they are custom made, these are a great milestone uh, purchase, whether it be a gift or you buy it for yourself. It's for getting that master's degree. It's for um, getting that new job. It is for your 50th anniversary. Well, I mean, if your 50th anniversary, congratulations. And, uh, you know, make sure that uh, you, you let your kids know which of them gets that fly rod. But, uh, it, you know, it, it's a great milestone uh, uh, gift for you to either talk to a local rod builder and have created or uh, if you are thinking about giving someone a gift, again, it's it's not cheap. I mean, but at the same time, think about all the other things that we spend a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars on. And if you are passionate about fly fishing, then uh, then definitely consider getting a bamboo rod. The one last thing that I will say uh, before I at least attempt to wrap this conversation up on getting into fishing bamboo. Um, it, care for bamboo is, is very different and I'm not going to go into all the particulars of that, but, uh, in as much as you take care of your carbon fiber, you know, contemporary modern rods, uh, well, there's a little bit more involved in take caring, taking care of bamboo fly rods. So making sure that you pop the ferrules apart, you don't store the things stuck together, making sure that you don't put it away wet. Uh, making sure that you do clean it and that you uh, make sure that there's not buildup on the guides or around the ferrules. Um, it's just a more sensitive material. And that's another reason why things have progressed out and away from bamboo in most quarters of fly fishing. Um, I have two that I fish primarily. 
One is a seven foot nine inch four weight that was built by uh, Wyatt Dietrich, who no longer makes fly rods, but he and his brother were uh, a outfit called Dreamcatcher Fly Rods out of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And so I was able to, this was for my first uh, graduate degree. Uh, I got this as a gift from some family members. And uh, I went and sat with him and we went through all the specs. We kind of tweaked in a, a, some of his, his designs for an original design uh, for a rod that could fish the spring creeks in South Central Pennsylvania well. So it's a seven foot nine inch four weight. Um, that we built to throw streamers in the like six to 10 range, um, but also have a delicate tip to be able to throw midges. So it's two of the types of fishing that I like doing on uh, the Latorte and uh, on his falling spring and big spring the most. So we actually named the rod the Bonnie Brook. So it is, that's the name of one of the roads that parallels the Latorte outside of Carlisle. Uh, Pennsylvania. And so uh, Bonnie Brook, it's got a bunch of green hardware and it uh, has plays off that Irish sounding name. And then the other one that I'll, I'll fish from time to time is again, it's either my grandfather's rod or Amanda's grandfather's rod. And it is a fun little bass rod. And that's really all it does is throw bass bugs. It's not really good for a whole lot else, but it's fun to use it and it's fun to change things up. Do you have a bamboo fly rod that you love? Let me know. Matthew at castingacross.com. Always interested in hearing what you do and why you do it. This week on castingacross.com, the first article that came out was called Straying from Black Lines. So this was a relatively ambitious, lowercase a, ambitious uh, reworking of an article that came out in the second week of Casting Across or second month of Casting Across all those years ago. Um, it was originally about um, different kinds of maps. N now it's about an even more more different kind of maps. So uh, if you like uh, fishing from maps or using maps, check this article out. Uh, it's called Straying from Black Lines. Wednesday's article was called River Apollo 3. So it's the third uh, um, post in the River Apollo series. So this is a story that is following a gentleman who lives on the bank of a stream. So definitely check that one out. This week's recommendation is Spinoza rods. And I certainly have um, recommended Spinoza rods in some way, shape, or form in the past. But uh, Spinoza rods is a father and son outfit uh, out of Massachusetts. And they uh, make their own fly rods, their own bamboo rods, but they also do uh, vintage fly tackle. And so if you want to buy a vintage fly rod, uh, then go to their website and it is spinozarods.com. I'll put a link in the show notes of this podcast uh, over on castingacross.com. And not only do they have uh countless fly rods and they range in prices. Usually it's in the mid to higher end. Some stuff is, is like exceptionally high, but one of the really cool things that you can do is getting on the website and you can see their back catalog stuff that they have sold. And you, it is just absolutely, I, I don't use like fishing porn phrase very much because it's pretty crass and nasty, but at the same time, it is just beautiful rods and reels 
Uh, Jonas's photography is spectacular, so it's just it's just a real treat to look through um, these fly rods. And everyone, you never know. Once in a while, you might run into something that uh, it fits your price range, or maybe it, it triggers some sort of nostalgic note in your brain, and you want to pursue it. And uh, they'll get it to you. And if if they're selling it, then it is uh, you can you can take it from me. It is quality stuff. So definitely check out Spinoza Rods. And once again, you'll find a link to them on this podcast's show notes over at castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and then rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors every monday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment